0: Hi, I'm Pip. Hey, I'm Ben. And welcome to Scale Up Diaries, a digital beans podcast where we document our journey towards scaling our company.
1: In this episode, I sound a little bit different because I'm at home and uh, also we want you to guess the moment that Pip's dog Larry started falling asleep.
0: Hopefully not because of the uh, content or not, but more (laughs) importantly, um, uh, in this podcast, we talk about the things we're working on to uh, improve our agency, and in particular, we focus on communication, so internal communication and external
1: communication. It's going to hit record, so we get all this.
0: Um, Why is it so windy?
1: Oh, I've got the fan on. I'm going to turn the fan off. One sec. This is what happens when you try and record a remote podcast. How can we kick this one off? Um, Hi, oh, I'm I'm, Gip. Gip. I'm Ben. <laughs> We're not going to do the intro. The intro, the, we always record the intro. Here's a little podcast secret for everyone we always record the intro after we've done the podcast because me and Pip are really guilty of going on a tangent. So we'll like have a sole, like sort of one topic that we're going to hit on for the whole 20 minute podcast. And nine times out of 10, we don't, we, 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 we seem to go here, there, and everywhere. I don't, <laughs> I
0: don't, that don't think that's a secret. I think if you, if you literally Google, Tips to you know successful podcast, or you know just te- ten tips when podcasting. I think mean, that tip is always in there. Do record your intro after you've recorded the main po- the main show.
1: Have you googled that? Have <clears throat> you had a look at some tips on recording a podcast?
0: Not recently, but I've I've read like different people's like tips on podcasting, including like Tim Ferriss and stuff like that. Which was you know how I even found out about Blue Yeti microphones initially. I didn't even know you know. I thought, oh, microphones no. just, I thought all microphones were the same, just like, didn't realize they got so expensive. So
1: yeah. yeah, they have got slightly expensive. And talking about expensive microphones, I'm on like a £10 headset today. So if the podcast sounds a little bit different to you guys uh, over the next couple of weeks, because we don't want to ruin the flow of content, we don't want to ruin the flow of, of what we're trying to deliver to you through Scale Up Diaries. Um, myself and Pip had a chat because I've got to work from home the next couple of weeks. Um, so we want to continue doing a podcast, but I'm going to sound a bit different and we're recording it a bit differently we're not in front of each other we're not having that conversation that same conversation that we always have uh, sat at the table with the microphones in front of us so if it does sound slightly different don't one star review us just say could do better next time five star because again, we we don't do anything under five-star reviews on this podcast. So make sure you you do hit the five-star reviews. Um, But yeah, so we we might sound a little bit different, but the conversation is still going to be the same because we're always talking, aren't we, Pip, whether we're in the office or not. And this has been our, so to speak, um, this has been our goal sort of throughout the whole of COVID is still to be able to carry on doing what we would normally do if we were in the office. So we're still having conversations about the internal structures and what we're doing internally to make sure we've reached that scale-up goal, right? And yeah. one, of, one of the conversations we had last week, and actually we all had in, in person, we had a bit of a socially distanced meeting for the first time with myself, you, Benjamin Linden, um, James, who who's now on board with us, and Josh. And we sat down and spoke about three areas that Digital Beans is looking to rapidly improve over the coming weeks, the coming months. And we're kicking off those processes now. And And you were quite clear on those three areas. So do, do you want to, should we talk about those areas of improvement?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's not just three. It's not like, you know, we've we've whittled down all our problems and all things that could get better. And we have just, you know, there's only three left to, to sort out. It's just the kind of three most pressing and three kind of the next three I guess is probably the best way of, of putting it um so yeah so the three are uh, I've got on here communication proposals uh, and um, the merging of a couple of our uh, client facing email accounts that we use for for access to things so, so I guess that's like a more of like a process and a system that needs to be improved
1: yeah, I was going to say the third one's more on internal processes, which things are going to get added to that list once we've merged the accounts, so to speak. Things are going to get added to that list, and and that will continue to to sort of like evolve that third that third point. But let's 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 hit on the first two, shall we? More than more than anything in this podcast, let's talk about communication first. Um, we all get on well. We all talk well. We all know what we're talking about when we talk to each other. But communication sometimes internally between the team and, and between clients as well um, has has been an issue at times, has not it? To, to mm-hmm. sort of say the least. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about the background of, of sort of bringing the team together, the team expanding and why you feel like communication is a, is a big area of improvement that's needed?
0: Well, I mean, I think it's worth saying personally, because you know I touched on this in like in a, one of my previous um, episodes. But for me, the way in which digital beings grew in that it was referrals and recommendations, and you know most people just wanted to work with me at the time. Communication was never something I really had to worry about because I did the work. I'd call them up or send them an email. It was it was it's close to a one to one as as you could get, um, and therefore because you know they were working with the person they wanted to work with you know um even the communication could definitely have been better it didn't really matter because you know i'd like to think that the quality and, and what they got out of it was was well worth any kind of issues in or a lack of efficiency in the communication on what could have been smoother or sleeker that is no longer obviously the case and you know we are competing against other agencies now and we are talking to clients that haven't been necessarily recommended to us they found us more mm-hmm. more naturally and, and and organically by themselves so and i think communication is like a big thing isn't it because it doesn't matter what service you get you know you can go and um for for example i remember a few years ago pre-children i'd got i was waiting for a brand new mercedes e-class to be delivered to me right so obviously that's mercedes Lovely car, but there was a delay, and they didn't tell me that. And it was, I think it was like three days late. And I was so excited to get on the Wednesday or something, and then it was coming like the Monday after or something. And I was waiting on Wednesday or whatever day it was, and it didn't come. So I had to chase them to find out where the car was, and it just ruins the whole experience. And it so it doesn't matter. I think who you are what the brand is or whatever you know you go to airports most people's frustrations is the lack of communication from an airline or you know not during covid necessarily but more more normal times you know it's always communication is an issue you know if a flight's delayed or they're not getting enough updates on when the flight's going to be and whatever like communication is is is, um causes so much friction i think for for people and you know understandably so so for us, it's it has been an area that I would say we, we haven't been the best at. And it's something that I definitely want to be addressing and, and continually improving. So that is communication internally. So, for example, from the point of when we've been asked to build a proposal to communicate in that with the right team internally, getting their input, once we've got that input to, for it to go back into the proposal, tell the client, and then just keep everyone on the same page throughout the whole process has been an issue and then you know we've even had times before when we've onboarded a client or the client's been has accepted the proposal and then you know uh truth be told i've forgotten to kind of onboard them or 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 tell the team to to take over so um and that isn't you know there's many there's many kind of things that come out of there partially is also systems you know we didn't have the systems to make that easy and to kind of follow up and, and to kind of make the next step actionable um i you know client has accepted the proposal now do this uh which is obviously something that we're we've now also got so yeah communication i think for me is something that i don't think we could ever get perfect but i think trying to definitely improve on it as time goes on is is really important for everyone
1: I like how you reflected it into, like, so to speak, the, the car delivery. And I think we've all been, been in that situation where we've due to, or we've, we were meant to have something delivered, or something was meant to be done for you by a certain date and it hasn't been pulled through and there hasn't been good communication. That's obviously where a client or someone who you are trusting to do, it, do something for you should be communicating with you, so to speak. But in an agency world, just for anyone in there who doesn't work in the agency bubble or in the agency world, when should an account manager be? in communication with a client so if we put ourselves in josh's shoes for instance our ppc manager what is his structure to be communicating with with a client are there certain points in a month that he should be in conversation with that client do we have scheduled calls um are there daily updates is it weekly how does that work within the agency world so uh, for us, I think I don't think it. I don't. I don't think we should focus on
0: what they should be doing because actually, that is one thing that we've. And certainly on my on my list here, isn't our issue isn't necessarily once a client has is onboarded, how frequently Josh or anyone else is communicating with the clients because that is actually pretty good, um, and we probably go above and beyond um, in terms of once someone's a client that communication is there and it's, and it's strong this it's not my um biggest issue the issue with communication where we currently are struggling and where we're we're making improvements on is you gave the example of josh so is josh having a conversation with a client and that communication always remaining for example between that client and so obviously, you know a lot of our clients. It's you know there's a couple of people on this on their team as well as as well as ours, and that bit of communication and that whatever's been agreed, staying between Josh and that individual. So where we need to move and where we need to improve on is that communication becoming more public internally, so for that team to know that 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 conversation has happened irrelevant on on or not on whether someone else was part of that call but also for the client to then be able to go back and see what was agreed when when was that agreed um and to actually have uh, a full trace of that up until now we've been doing um you know follow-up emails after calls i think you know on on a good 80 to 90 percent of the times that is followed up uh and emails do go out when they're meant to go out after calls but i still think that we could do better but again, emails have the the problem where all our inboxes are you know are clogged up with all sorts of rubbish, and you know it's it's just emails is not the place to keep that that kind of stuff. Which is why we're now looking at keeping that within our project management tool, um, and keeping all that communication and all those notes you know against the a client, so that someone else on that team, if Josh is off. Can go through and say, right, okay, what did Josh do in the last two weeks? What has he said? What has a client agreed? What's pending? Um, And to keep that visible internally, but also with a client as well externally.
1: So we have uh, Slack, we have a group WhatsApp. Uh, chat we also now have base camp right which mm-hmm. which we've invested in um, and we have all these different mediums to be able to have conversation with people and to sort of internally make sure we're in conversation and and we know what each other's doing and sort of we, we know that we can task things to get things done by certain dates but also in the past we've been we have been guilty. I think you mentioned it earlier on, actually, of of letting the ball slip a little bit on projects when things have to be done by a deadline or we've got to reach a certain deadline. And and nine times out of ten, that's all because of the way it's been communicated internally. And and everyone's been, I think, in their career at one point, been guilty of 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 missing something because of an internal communication compl- compl- complication I don't, I don't know i don't even know what words i'm looking for now um but how much are you hoping that these systems that we've now got in place are gonna gonna help us improve that how how much especially base camp because you like Basecamp, don't you? you you like what it's got to offer for us and the team
0: yeah i don't think look i don't think there's like a perfect tool out there um okay. and ultimately an issue of mine over the years and i think a lot of people is that they're trying to find tools, and I was trying to find tools that were just going to fix the problems. And you know, we've been through all of them. You know, Asana,
1: Trello, like I tried Monday.com. Like you even went for a stage where you tried calendaring everything, didn't you? In your yeah. own calendar, you put literally every single task on an hour yeah. to hour basis. I remember because you gave me access to your calendar to make sure that you were hitting certain points. But then it it just overwhelmed your calendar completely
0: yeah and it's and you know i'd have i'd have well different notepads for different notes i'd yeah. have stuff i'd email myself stuff i had i was using um you know uh, yeah google google sheets i was using google docs uh, you know not all together but all different times i've I've gone through all of this and i think a lot of people have and um so Trying to find the best tool or the perfect tool doesn't exist. Um, you know, there's people out there that will slam Basecamp. Um, there's people out there that swear by things like Asana or Monday. Ultimately, the tool the tool's only going to be as good as a person using it. And my issue was using it. I wasn't using them. You know, I'd I'd have a good stint for a week or two, and then, you know, I'd just drop the ball on it. I just see it as too much effort. Mm-hmm. And really, you've got to find a tool. And where I feel like we are now with Basecamp is that it takes enough boxes for enough people for them to want to keep using it and for them to see the value in it. And I think for us as a team and, you know, uh, Benjamin will, you know, um, I hope agree. It's basically the first time that everyone is using a tool and consistently using it. Uh, whereas other times...
1: Including you.
0: In, including <laughs> including me. Yeah, of course. I mean, ben, ben will tell you, I think at one point we were using Asana, it was just me and him and it got to the point where it was just him in the end and he was just kind of...
1: I, I, just love, I just love, just to go back to Slack, I just love when I first joined Digital Beans and I spoke to Pip and, uh, and we were talking about internally how we like communicate. Pip spoke about Slack and how amazing it was and the amount of communication, the chats that go on, the group chats, how we utilise. It as a company and i remember in my first week um i was doing a task or something and uh, and i sent it over to pip through slack and i sent him a number of things through slack i don't think i got a response from pip on slack until about three weeks later <laughs> and he went sorry just seen these pip is very very guilty of loving slack but also forgetting yeah. that he gets messages through it <laughs> yeah yeah which is why Basecamp is great though right because it lands in the inbox you can set deadlines and it consistently updates you well of course slack is like an any other messaging tool you get a notification if you don't see the notification because you're snowed under but unless you're nagged and you're pushed you're not going to know that that it's there and i think
0: i was you know there's some other podcasts i've been listening to and stuff but and 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 to to justify that for me and (laughs) is that ultimately like my, my primary job is to make sure the team is being as efficient as possible yeah you know i i no longer deliver client work really um And therefore, if I'm really needed, people just come up to me and say, like, I really need this or I'm really stuck with this or this is a problem. So, yes, I do miss stuff in Slack, but I do eventually catch up. But the, the reason we I love Slack... We could do a whole
1: episode on Pip's on Slack. Slack. Yeah, yeah. Pip's yeah. excuses. As someone, Pip, who's got a multiple business head on at all times, obviously, we've got the Digital Beans team, we've got the Simply Hair team. Um, you know, the teams are, are more or less the same size now, really. Yeah. Yeah. How does communication differ between the two companies? How Between the employees and the employer, but also between the whole team? How How is that different? They're different sectors. They're completely different businesses. How is it different?
0: I mean, massive. I mean, hugely different. I mean, um, but the but the businesses are different, so the requirements and the pressures are different, and the expectations are different. So, you know, obviously, we talk to clients. People know on Digital Beans know us, you know, first name basis, and we talk to them multiple times a, a week, if sometimes not a day. Um, on Simply Hair, it's very different. The client customers don't know necessarily someone's name. Because, as far as they're concerned, it's the customer service team, um, and internally it's very it's very similar. You know, we we do use uh, Slack in, in Simply Hair as well. Um, we don't need Basecamp because um, you know the the tasks are just you know pushed out through through Slack, and it's a bit easier. You know, there's no long term projects necessarily that are happening. My long term projects in Simply Hair I manage in, in Basecamp, but as a team, they're not really in there um and yeah client communication is very different obviously in in an e-commerce the communications are you know the key points in that customer's journey place an order order has been dispatched customer service issues and that kind of stuff so email is by far the main channel of communication whereas you know we do talk to clients by email but we definitely don't do any mass emailing do we on on digital beans so It is, it is quite
1: different. Um and never but... have I, as someone who works in business development, been asked to pick up a phone and cold call people. Never have I been asked to sell a send a sales email to you know old, really old emailing lists or or really old clients. Like that just isn't mm-hmm. our style. Or to I know some businesses they can go online and buy emailing lists, can't they? And then they'll cold email people. Like, never ever have we ever I mean for done that.
0: For us, and in this again, even on this, there's so much more for us to be doing. In yeah. fact, I just feel like we're just getting started kind of 10 years in. Of course. But I think especially when a digital marketing agency uses pre-bought lists or does cold calling, I, just, I think a savvy business person on the receiving end of that communication will be like, if you were good at your job, mm-hmm. I will find you through... Your skills and the effort you put in. You don't need to send me some sort of spam email. You don't shouldn't need to do a cold call, and you know it just it just you're trying to tell them that they should use digital marketing and that's where they should invest their time. I don't care how effective necessarily cold calling is, or not, whatever. Um, But that's just not how I'm going to promote my business. Like I'm not going to promote my skills because I'm trying to convince them. (laughs) to use digital marketing. So if 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 cold calling is that good and I'm going to use it, then they should be using it as well.
1: Yeah you know you need
0: to stand behind what you're trying to sell i think
1: and i've always thought that actually you know as someone who who deals with clients and new clients to talk about a product or to talk about a service there also has to be a level of education if Mm -hmm. you're cold selling something to someone you're not educating you're not having a personal or private conversation with them Mm -hmm. and a personal and private conversation to try and help someone goes a lot further than hey fancy buying something from digital beings well we've got a top class (laughs) digital marketing team that can get you results like it's just like to me it's so important Personal and, and again that's not the personality driven team that we that it doesn't represent us in the personality driven way that we push ourselves out i think
0: I, I think if you're going to be using something like a sales team for that and to reach out you know cold calling and, and that kind of stuff and, it, and even not cold you know someone fills out a, a form on your website um and then you know you offload that to kind of a, a cold calling kind of telesales team Yeah, it just doesn't um it doesn't Sarah. Right. You know, obviously as an agency, we're trying to help small, medium businesses level up and reach their ambitions. Right. Mm-hmm. We've only got so much capacity because we sell our time and every agency, every certainly good agency. That's what they also do. You can't, it's not a, um, it's not something that you can do on mass. Like even if you've got 50 people in your agency or a hundred, your time is still limited. So, for you to then be trying to fill up your pipeline through cold calling, you're not building up a relationship. You know, I've got, we've still got a client who was my first retainer client like 10 years in, like Mm -hmm. without fail. So that's what we want because he knows what, you know, I, we, we do for him. He, he's seen the results and he's still here. Like, so you can't be that. You can't create those kind of relationships. And agencies, in my opinion, aren't the kind of businesses that you can scale up in that way. You, you are selling personality. Someone someone is entrusting you with their business mm-hmm. or their career. You know, if they're a marketing manager and they need to look good, like someone's trusting you with like a big decision for them
1: to help them achieve a goal. My final point I do want to make on communication, which I suppose is a question on on most people's lips, is is on the teams, it's everyone else's lips. Why is it, or why, in the grand scheme of things, is it important that we improve communication internally, but also with clients, to help Digital Beans scale up to where we want it to be?
0: I'm because I think it's core. Cool. I think communication is 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 one of the first things that will stop us or anyone else from scaling. I think you know, like I said. There's been times where clients approved a proposal, they've gone ahead, so you know you've got the kind of first step of scaling. We've got plus one customer, plus some more money in the bank. So step one's done. But if if they're not onboarded because it's, it's been forgotten about, the communication has been passed over to the right person, then that customer is going to leave as quickly as they came in. So you, you're not going to be able to scale. But also, in order for the system to work, and it needs to be kind of like a machine internally is that it gets passed on from one person to the next in terms of what needs to be done. So, you know, client's been onboarded, it needs to be seamless to then set up that relationship with the person, their account manager, as soon as possible. And the account manager needs to be armed with all the information that we've promised the client that we're gonna be doing. So there's no point onboarding them if the account manager hasn't actually been part of the process of the proposal, um, creating the proposal and, and putting it together. And then the onboarding call being just as much of a discovery call for, for both sides. Um, so I think communication is, is key because it is it removes friction, and I think friction is one of the main things that uh, prohibits scale and, and and growth.
1: Should we talk about podcasts in the next? Should we talk about proposals in the next podcast? Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening, and remember, if this is your first time here, please subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. And also, if you're enjoying this podcast,
1: please leave us a five-star review. Yeah, we don't like four-star reviews. And if you're on YouTube, where you can see us talking in person, make sure you hit like and hit the sub button as well. Till next time, Bye-bye. bye bye.